This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. Welcome to season six of Social Pros. If you want to learn how big companies succeed with social media, you found the perfect podcast. The show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers through social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. The show is also brought to you by Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors and get more customer reviews. And by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to the world's most interesting brands. Convince and Convert makes your social better. My co-host for the show is Adam Brown. Find all links, archives, and more at socialpros.com. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Baer, founder of Convince and Convert, joined, as usual, by my special Texas friend. He is the executive strategist of Salesforce Marketing Cloud, the man on the microphone, Mr. Adam Brown. Jay, it is great to be here. Thank you for having me as we continue this journey onto social media knowledge, insight, and theory. You know what's cool about this show, Adam, is that the people that we talk to so so often have just like crazy, amazing, interesting jobs. We had Neil a couple of weeks ago who does right. social for Mack Trucks. We had Kelly who does social for Krispy Kreme. You know, these are people who have like dream, dream jobs. And, and we keep that theme going this week with our special guest, Joel Hammond, who is the assistant director of communications and also head of social media for the Cleveland Indians Major League Baseball team. That is pretty <laughs> That's rad. Pretty spectacular. That's pretty great. Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. What an intro. I, I could get used to this. Jeez. <laughs> okay, you can just be on every time. Anytime Adam is sick, you can uh, you, you, you can be the the uh, the fill in host. That would be spectacular. We've only had one other baseball person on the show, and this might have predated Adam. We had Brian from the Giants on. Uh, a couple years ago, and and, uh, and it was it was a great episode. I imagine you you know him or know of him. You guys uh, all all operate in the same uh, baseball social media circles, right? Brian is awesome, and the Giants do great work. So I uh, I am humbled to be a follower of his. Well, being in Silicon Valley and those environs, uh, if if the if the Giants aren't good at social media, they have a real problem. <laughs> you gotta yeah. you gotta sort of get it get it together. Yeah. One of the things that. I want to make sure our listeners understand is that in addition to to running social media for the team, which is not an insignificant gig, which we'll talk about here in a minute, you also coordinate and oversee the TV, the radio, and all the community relations work for the team. And if I have this correct, it is my understanding that your quote unquote department is you plus two interns. That's our social media team. So, you know, we, uh, it's funny, we, we go to Major League Baseball advanced media meetings every off season. And every time I go to this meeting, every other team seems to have added a, a full-time staff member. And uh, yeah. here, here I am, it's, it's just me and, uh, and back home are my, are my two interns. So 
it's a it's a great job. It's a demanding job. And when we hire these, uh, my colleagues, just read that's on the social side. So when we hire them, we tell them straight up from the jump, um, you will be paid like an intern and you will be worked like a full-time staff member. So, uh, you know, our, our, <laughs> our, our goal is to have that group, uh, you know, leave big imprints on our department and our organization. So my, uh, you know, former interns now work at uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays and, and uh, big agencies here in Cleveland. And my intern from last year now works for the Phillies. So uh, we've got a pretty good uh, a branch out in the, in the social media space. It's a social media farm it, team. That's right. It is. Our, 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 it is. our organization generally is known for having a lot of Indians trained uh, baseball operations staff members at other clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now we're uh, hopefully uh, extending that tree out in the, in the social space. Very nice. It's your own coaching tree. I love that's it. Right. But that is, a, that, is a, that is a lean team. I think that's, that's true. And so how do you do that? It sounds like, A, you are not just managing. You personally are doing a lot of social as well. And, and I always find it fascinating when we talk to guests on the program who work in, in professional sports. Clearly, most of where people get real excited is at night um, and in some cases later at night. So your schedule must be wacky. Yeah, we're lucky in that while it's just uh, kind of the three of us that have our hands kind of dirty in, in the day to day, we've got a great support team internally with uh, great photographers who give us great content and also a great production team who uh, or, or which gives us uh, all kinds of great uh, video content and, and gifts and that sort of thing. So uh, a larger uh, indirect team contributes. And then uh, as far as schedule goes, I mean, and how do we do it? I mean, it's demanding. I mean, I think anybody who who uh, is in the, is in our roles with baseball, pro sports, basketball, hockey. Um, it, it's just, it's a demanding job. I, I call it a 20 hour a day job. I truly shut down from, you know, one to 5 a.m., you know, that sort of thing. Or, or we take turns in shutting down from, from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. And I'm usually up early. And so that's my first stop in the morning. So it, it's a very difficult job, but also can be very rewarding. Now that it's uh, the off season for your team, at least, unfortunately, as we record this, the World Series is uh, in after the second game. It, does it get a little easier now in the in the off season? You're you're not creating as much content, of course, and uh, you know until uh, pitchers and catchers report and things like that. You're still obviously participating and doing things and and signs signings and and managerial changes and all those kind of things, but but not the same kind of pace and craziness. Yeah, the pace has slowed down, thankfully. So we take this uh, this time to catch our breaths a little bit, like you said, uh, Jay, before we came on, unfortunately, a little earlier than last year. So last year was crazy, right? And I know Kevin from yeah. the Cubs. Cubs had it worse than me because they went through a parade and all kinds of stuff until Christmas. So, um, But last year was crazy. Our, our offseason was cut short by a month. This year is a little quieter. And, and, and of course, our our fans are, are uh, fired up and, and disappointed, just like we are at the early exit. So, uh, you know, we've quieted down a little bit our 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 our, um, our pace on social has slowed down a little bit just because our fans who are who are extremely passionate um have many objections to how the season ended so we we've quieted down and, and given them a break a little bit but we're starting to ramp up now it's it's award season and we just had four guys uh become finalists for gold gloves so we'll ramp back up here uh, as we go in the next couple of weeks and then we we announce our tribe fest event in january and we announce our tickets on sales and then we go straight to tribe fest in january so it, it it slows down for a little while. Good, good to catch your breath. But uh, before long, it it, uh, it it picks back up very quickly. From an editorial calendar standpoint, do you have 
a regularly scheduled social cadence that you try and stick to. So on game days, we do some interaction things. And then at nine o'clock, we kind of do this. And at 11 o'clock, we do starting lineups. And then at 3.30, we kind of tease this. Do you, do you sort of have a structure that you try and, and, and fit into each of uh, the games? Does that does that change home versus road? How do you kind of figure out what to post and when? Uh, it's a great question. So we have a general uh, idea of how a day will go, um, but it's all dependent upon what happens the night before. People ask me that all the time. How far do you plan out? How far do you schedule? Well, we treat the next day uh, differently if we win, uh, you know, our 22nd straight game the night before, or if we lose, yeah. or if we lose 10 to nothing, or if we've lost four straight. So, um, the game days typically go in the same fashion. Mornings are recapping the night before, uh, promotional post for that night's game if we're at home, uh, promotional post for an upcoming homestand if we're on the road, and then usually right around three o'clock in the afternoon for a normal 7 p.m. game time, we shift into game mode. So we go uh, lineup uh, uniforms, which our fans eat up and then we go batting practice uh, content and then uh, you know pregame it's fan shots and then then we're right into game so um, usually you know up to 3 p.m. can can vary based upon what we did like before but uh, you know once once that game mode kicks in is when we really sort of uh, have have our you know have our plan uh, mapped out to a certain extent we're, we're always dependent upon what happens in the game but uh, you know the kind of the structure can can remain somewhat the same. You had teased there a moment ago, last, uh, you know, a couple months ago, you, you set the all-time American League record for most consecutive wins, which is remarkable. Uh, and, and several of those wins were in improbable fashion. It, it was <laughs> it was truly uh, spectacular, something that nobody will forget. Uh, any, any baseball fan will recall it for years and years and years, and especially uh, Tribe fans will, will recall it forever. It will be part of the urban uh, legend, the lore of the team, which is already considerable. That must have just been crazy to be part of number one and number two how does something like that accelerate fan enthusiasm and and sort of propel social engagement and effectiveness it just kind of probably takes on a life of its own doesn't it it absolutely does and it was i mean it was i I, i'm i'm giggling you can't see me i'm giggling it was was fun you know what i mean it was it was fun it was uh uh, enthralling it was you wanted to come to the ballpark to work you know rewind a year uh, we set our club record last year with 14 straight wins from, I think it was mid-June to July 1st. We won four straight, 14 straight games uh, on our way, of course, to the World Series. So that was crazy, and you know we had fun with that. Well, this year, we didn't start off all that great. We were kind of you know thrashing about for the first two, two and a half months of the season. And then um, you know even in August, we were, we were kind of inconsistent, and then that streak begins, and you know, we, I, I challenge my team to look at it as this is an opportunity for us to showcase our talent. So just like last year where our run to the World Series in Game 7, I really looked at that as an opportunity for us to show off, right? What can we do to take advantage of this? We, you know, this only comes to, you know, we're lucky. A lot of teams don't have this opportunity. So how do we showcase our talent, our team, our organization? And that's what I and that's what I challenged my team uh, to do uh, this year as well. How do we get creative? How do we how do we have fun with this? And so, you know, we changed our AVI. We had a new GIF, uh, account up GIF, using our uh, team's uniform numbers and up to twenty two. And uh, you know, we did we just did all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and like you said, our our engagement numbers were off the were off the charts during that spell. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're not, we don't count on that again next year, but um, it was it was a crazy it was a crazy stretch. 
Well, speaking of which, the Indians are number one in all of Major League Baseball in social media engagement rate and interaction rate. So congratulations on that. That is uh, that is pretty remarkable uh, to be you know first in the league, yeah. considering how many really strong social media teams there are working for these clubs. That, that's really a feather in your cap and your team as well. Yeah, thank you. I mean, so we're, we're number one in a, in a few metrics. I think I told you uh, we have some room to improve on on a, on a, on, a, on on Facebook on that platform. But uh, it goes to show that it, I think it goes to you know it goes to our 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 uh, commitment to it. I, you know, it's it's hard. Like I mentioned, it's hard to be on uh, every day on all platforms, all hours of the day, and hopefully that uh, you know those numbers are. Um, you know, reflective of, of the, of the commitment that, that our team has to, uh, those platforms. How important is paid for your social program? Are, are you, uh, putting promotional budget behind your stuff? Are you boosting things? Are you doing paid Instagram and, and, and all those kind of things? Or, or do you just sort of have this such a treasure trove of fans because of the nature of the work you do and the success you've had in the past that you don't have to do as much on the, on the paid side? You know, it's minimal. And, and it's funny that I don't, um, our marketing team, so we're, we're siloed a little bit differently or, or structured a little bit differently, I should say, where our, our marketing and brand team, um, handles, you know, media buys and, and paid social. They, of course, let me know what's happening. But, you know, the way I look at it is, is if, if we need to, if we need to, uh, boost our posts or, or, or do sponsored social, um, to me, that that's an indication that I'm not doing my job good enough. And and I, it's always funny. I go talk to to groups and that include small businesses, and it's it's hard for me to relate because I, I know how how important paid social is to those folks to to get their to get their uh, accounts and and brands out there. To me, with with our follower base and and our 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 fans, our fans are our customers, right? Our customers' passion for our team. Um, if if we're doing if we're relying a ton on paid social, then um, to me, I'm not doing my job good enough. So. We do a little bit of it to promote homestands and, and, you know, in the off season, we'll promote six packs and tribe fest and that sort of stuff. But we do not, um, we do not do a ton of paid social. Hopefully we're getting smarter about that, you know, and I know there was news this week that Facebook is testing out a, a, a separate feed for, for brands and that sort of stuff. So based on the landscape and what happens from there, we might have to change our focus there. But, um, for now we just, we do not, um, focus a lot of efforts in, in that area. We said that you're number one in interaction rate in Major League Baseball, and you know there, there's there's a limited number of teams. There's there's a limited number of people who do what you do. It's like being a quarterback, right, uh, or or being yeah. a, a you know a starting catcher. There's only a few of those jobs in the world. How, how much competitive analysis do you and your team do? Are you always looking to see what other clubs are doing or just sort of occasionally, obviously you get reports um, probably from Major League Baseball Advanced Media that talks about kind of comparing and contrasting club metrics, but are you looking at their content streams and saying, oh, those guys are doing it well, or is it only when you're playing those teams and then you're sort of interacting on Twitter, et cetera? No, we, uh, you know, we, we studied what teams do across, across leagues. So I, I think I mentioned when, when we spoke via email before, before we came on about teams that I admire and teams that do things right. And, um, we, we look at teams all the time on what they're doing well, what they're not doing well, what we can improve. So, you know, we have platforms where like Facebook, where we can improve. So what are the teams that are really succeeding on Facebook doing? Are they, are they post, you know, Facebook is a little, you know, what the heck succeeds on Facebook? 
So we study uh, those teams and what are they doing that, are they posting less frequently? Are they posting more frequently? Are they just posting video? Are they just doing, um, you know, sponsored social with partners or, or whatever? So um, we study all the time. We look at where we stand. And, um, you know, I think a lot of, t- if, you, if you gave truth serum to a lot of uh, my counterparts, the other teams, I think everybody's always looking at what other teams are doing, um, you know, what's what's doing well, what's not doing well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of eyeballs on uh, on teams throughout uh, any other leagues. If there was a team or a league or a sport that you could do social for, if it wasn't the Indians and Major League Baseball, what would it be? Uh, if if there was a team that um, that I would join if I wasn't with the Indians that we said, Jay? Yeah. Either, either in baseball or, or something else. Would you go do social for the PGA tour as uh, Lauren Teague, who works on our team at convince convert used to do, is there something else you're like, you know what, that would be really cool to try that on for a while. Well, uh, <laughs> we play 162 games a year, so uh, I would probably look to uh, move to the NFL if, uh, if 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 I had my choice. You know, if, if yeah. I'm very happy. Ohio with my State, boss, right? You need Ohio yeah. State. They play 14 games. Yeah, exactly. If my boss is listening, I'm very happy in my role. But I I I I know my counterparts at the Browns. They work a ton. They have OTAs. They have something going on every day. Um, but the 162 game season, you know, I think our fans often wonder, like, oh, your your players, they're they travel charter flights and they uh it's a grind you know what i mean like it's a grind for our players i've traveled with the in the postseason listen to this we we got to new york after game so if you remember game two of the lds we played what was it 13 innings it was the longest game in our postseason history we got to new york city at 2 30 a.m we took a bus from newark to midtown and we got there at 3 15 and went to bed and you know, we had a workout the next day. And so then we put, we lose game three and game four. We get back to Cleveland. I think I got to, I got in my bed at like four fifteen that morning. Uh, we had a workout that day later that day and game five was the next day. So, um, you know, our players feel it and certainly our staff feels it. So, uh, I, I would probably give the NFL a try for 16 games one year if I, if I had my choice and that's It'd not be like to, stealing. Exactly. That's not to uh, if my if my counterparts of the Browns uh, just so happen to listen. I know they do great work and um, not to uh, 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 diminish what any team or what any NFL team does. But 16 actual game days, I think, would be a fun thing to try. I think you guys should do a job share. You got to call them up and and, and, uh, and and the and the Cavs guys too. just just rotate it around. It'd be sure. great. Yep. Joel, I want to go back to one of the things that you and Jay were, were speaking about. Uh, you know, I think one of the interesting things about. Um, you know, a, a baseball game and, and how you market it is in, in a way you're a, a bit doing event marketing. And one of the great things about event marketing is the fact that you have a lot of people who are talking about the event in, in real time. One of those people being, of course, the opposing team. Now, you mentioned a little bit of the back and forth and, and, and whether or not you know, MLB is giving you any suggestions or things like that. But I was curious if there is any kind of prep or any discussions with the opposing team recognizing that they're going to be sending a lot of the same tweets that are in and around the same time. And I'm also curious of whether you're finding that your followers are following your social handles or are they following kind of hashtags or both when they're kind of watching and participating in the event in real time? 
Yeah, great question. So there are certain teams in our sport that we interact with more. Um, in game, there's to, to me, there's not a ton of um, interaction with the team we're playing. Um, exceptions to that would be during the World Series last year, um, we had a ton of interaction with the Cubs because um, I know their social staff and they're good at what they do. And we knew that we could interact with them fun, in a fun way, um, maybe take some jabs at each other, but not like go overboard and, and have hard feelings and that sort of thing. So, uh, but mostly for generally, um, unless, you know, we, we would plan something out or, or something extraordinary happens. Um, we would not interact with other teams too much during the actual game. We might do something, you know, leading up to the game or, or, um, post game or whatever. We're, we're good friends with the Rockies because we, uh, participated in MLB's final vote campaign in 2014 with them. So when, when we play them this summer, uh, played them this summer, I had a lot of fun with them, but, um, for the most part in game, there's not a ton of interaction. We're more focused on, um, keeping our eyes on our fans and, and what they're talking about and sharing their content. And, um, you know, you mentioned Adam that one of the great parts of, of doing that. And I agree, it's, it's, it's a way to market your event. Um, what we do, we share, a lot of teams don't do this. We share our fans content as much as we can, because the way I look at it is, uh, if we are marketing an event, um, I could tell you that an Indians game at Progressive Field is fun until I'm blue in the face. But, the, you know, the the chance of a fan believing me um, is is less than a fan believing one of their peers who's at the game who says this game is fun. So um, in game during the event, we're look, we're we're more invested in seeing what our fans are talking about, uh, what they find enjoyable about the game and, and sharing their content. It's it's the it's the equivalent of being on the jumbotron, you know, at the uh, at the game is is having your tweet or post retweeted or or shared on a social platform by that actual team. I, I can only imagine the the enthusiasm of of having that that take place. So I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, to me, it's it's it, to me. Um, it doesn't do much for me to have the Indians at Indians like my photo on Instagram, but inevitably when we go through Instagram and, and, and look at the photos we're tagged in and we like, and we comment, Oh, great photo. Oh, thanks for being at the game. We'll then see that person tweet at us and say, Oh my God, the Indians like my photo on Instagram. <laughs> and, um, to, you know, to us, to us three, it might not be a big deal, but if, if I can, and that's what I, when I, when I told you guys earlier that, um, you know, I'm always on, that's why I'm always on because if I have a chance to turn Jay bear, into somebody who interacts with the Indians twice a year on, on social to somebody who interacts with us six times a year on social because I engage with him, then I have to take advantage of that. And so that's why... Okay, you know, okay. I'll follow the account. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, hit, hit that follow button, Jay. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. All right. No, but that's why we're... And that's why I, I say we're always on. I don't want to miss an opportunity to connect with a fan. And, um, and, and I think the results speak for themselves. To that point, and the fact that you have all of these fans and, and, and consumers, if you will, that are sharing information and their enthusiasm for the team, I know a lot of the customers that I speak with at Salesforce are using social listening almost as that real-time R&D to find out, okay, wh what, what are people most excited about? What aspects of our product are people most excited about? And I'm curious if in Major League Baseball, you have started to kind of do the same thing, wherein you're using social listening insights to understand, okay, what's the sentiment about a particular player? What is someone saying about this player in AA or AAA that maybe influence the enthusiasm that may 
that player may bring to the team if we if we make the uh, the call up. Is there any type of data or insights that your team is sharing with the other aspects of the front office? So we help, um, we listen, uh, we, we don't listen as far as players go. What we do as far as player sentiment or player connection is we do a, a vast amount of surveying through our marketing department and in our brand department on, on that aspect of it. So any, any sort of, you know, promotional items that feature players, um, generally we, those, those decisions are informed by surveys of our fans, not social. Now we can, we can tell our, our marketing team anecdotally that, oh, um, uh, you know, somebody is more connected to Jason Kipnis than they are to uh, Austin Jackson. That's that's probably a bad example because Austin was only here for a year and Kip has been around forever. But um, you know, we can we can anecdotally tell them that here's what we see generally about Trevor Bauer, who's somewhat of a polarizing figure, or Danny Salazar, or Corey Kluber, who is of course universally liked among our fan base. Uh, where we listen is. We listen for what our fans say about, uh, you know, for instance, we, we've undergone a, a vast renovation to our ballpark over the last three years. So um, we report back on what our fans say about that. We report back on once we, um, uh, you know, employ or, or roll out a promotional item, what are our fans saying about that? Or what are our fans saying day of game about uh, uh, food and beverage and that sort of thing? So um, that's where we use social listening to um in help and inform other departments internally what what they're what they're doing and that sort of thing, um, and then of course, like I said, we 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 listen to just share the experience of Progressive Field. One of our one of our stated goals is to um, help our f distribute or or um, uh, uh, or disseminate uh, uh, messages that would show our fans that you have to be at Progressive Field. It's a can't miss environment at Progressive Field. So that's what uh, we'll listen for also. You know, when when social was really starting to get traction, you know, a little over a decade ago, the uh, professional sports leagues, uh, MLB being one of them, were, were very hesitant about what social was going to bring. There were a lot of kind of concerns around copyright and retransmission and can you tweet play-by-play -play or is that actually, you know, a copyright of the statistics of the game? Obviously, Major League Baseball and everybody has realized that that is not as much of a concern, that this is a wonderful promotional activity. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how that transition has taken place, and are there still some things where, uh, where the league is, is, is kind of saying, listen, you need to be concerned about, you need to be careful about, or an area where they want to have more control? Yeah, the league, I think... Um you, you, you may be aware of this, but, you know, like the NBA, for instance, essentially does no, um, uh, you know, the NBA essentially lets anybody, any fan grab video and put it on social. I think that MLB is a little stricter on that. Um, and, and they view it as copyrighted material. So there's been discussions about that and, 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 you know, or at least on the MLB level about how far to take that and that sort of thing from a club level. Um, we, we talk about that all the time. Like, and in fact, we've had conversations with our rights holder, our, our TV rights holder about, you know, you only you have this event and everybody has a piece of the pie. So how do you not step on each other's toes? So, you know, if we're tweeting too much about the game, is that discouraging somebody from, you know, uh, do I not do I not go to the game because I just need to follow the Indian Twitter account because they're going to show me everything about the game. And um, we've had those conversations. We've had conversations with our TV rights holder, our, our regional sports network about, you know, what is too much to show? from a, from an in-game standpoint uh, and what's, what's taking away from getting people to come to the game and that sort of thing. So 
I don't think it's perfect science. I think I don't think we'd ever decide to not share something on social because it might take away from somebody, you know, from somebody watching TV or whatever. But it's certainly a fine line because, you know, look, our ultimate goal is to get people to the ballpark and, and that sort of thing. So that's why we talk about how do we um, use social to make those connections and hopefully get more people to the ballpark through those connections and, 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 and show what a great atmosphere it is and what a great environment it is. So we have, it's, it's funny you bring that up. We have these conversations all the time. Like how do we, how do we make this balance? How do we decide what is, what's too much, what's not enough and that sort of thing. So um, we, I don't think anybody has the, has the hundred percent right answer, but uh, hopefully we're at a decent mix right now. One of the things that, that you and Jay spoke about was how uh, your team, uh, the Indians, are number one. Uh, number one on Twitter, number one on Instagram in terms of other Major League Baseball uh, teams. And that's just nothing short of phenomenal uh, in terms of uh, your approach and, and, and your strategy and, and what you're doing there. I'm curious um, if there's anything that you can think of in terms of how you approach your social strategy that our listeners could resonate with. Uh, you notice, I noticed you said you're number one on Twitter, number one on Instagram, not number one on Facebook, but you're, you're doing, you're killing there too. But is there something about Facebook and the, the baseball fan, the baseball consumer that's, that's a little bit different in, in how you approach it or, is it just uh, just different platforms seem to lend themselves to to different types of content? Yeah, we uh, and I should qu uh, qualify. So hopefully, hopefully, some of my counterparts, other clubs, are listening. So we're number one on those platforms uh, during the regular season this year uh, in interaction rate. So of course, we don't have as many followers as the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers, whatever. But w what we look at most importantly is interaction rate, which is basically strips down for follower size. So we're never going to have as many followers as those teams. But what we do look at is what percentage of our fans are, are interacting with us. And so we're proud of that. Uh, of course, it, it's a it's a battle to stay on top because so many of our, of our um, other of our opponents and other MLB teams do a great job there, too. So uh, we certainly monitor and see how we're doing against those those other clubs. So as far as content goes, the way I look at it is, uh, Adam, is we try to have different content on different platforms. So for instance, if, if I have a story about, Oh, I don't know, Corey Kluber, um, hosting a Cleveland clinic children's patient, um, uh, at the ballpark as part of his Kluber's kids campaign. Um, I, if, if I'm a, if I'm a fan of the Indians and I follow the Indians on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter, and I see the same content on all four of those platforms, I'm going to ask myself, why am I checking all four of these accounts? Because it's the same content. So how I look at it is I want to tell that story in four different ways. So that's easier said than done sometimes with Corey Kluber hosting, um, uh, you know, kids at the ballpark. Okay. So 22 straight wins. So how do we cover 22 straight wins on four different platforms? So on Twitter, it's, it's a gift that counts up with uniform numbers to 22 on Facebook. It's uh, a native video of Jay Bruce's walk off on Snapchat. It's on field, um, celebration shots and it's following Jay Bruce up the, uh, up the clubhouse tunnel to the, to the clubhouse showing that behind the scenes stuff on Instagram, it's photos and video and on Instagram story, it's photos of, of the walk-off. And so that's how we approach it. That's not going to be uh, accomplishable or, or doable for, uh, for every piece of news or every story we want to cover. But the way I look at it is, and I tell my group that if I follow the Indians on all four platforms, I need to be getting four different sets of content for every for every story we cover um 
you know, because in, in other, if not, I'm going to unfollow the Indians on three of those platforms. And, and so say I use Twitter the most, uh, I'm going to follow the Indian, unfollow the Indians on those other three platforms because I'm getting the same content on all four. So if I use Twitter uh, the most, I'm going to follow the Indians on Twitter and that's it. So um, we try to accomplish that with everything we do. It's easier said than done sometimes, but that's our ultimate goal. I love how you've just articulated that, Joel. That is so great. And, and, and truly the storytelling um, uh, aspect of, of, of baseball. And I think why, why so, so many of us have, have loved the game for, for so long. Yeah. My, my last so, question. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you know, I'll give you an example. So again, we're, we're not all, so our, our radio guy, you guys aren't from Cleveland, but our radio broadcaster is beloved here. And we know that fans want to hear big plays with his call. And so we share that across platforms. Like that's something that is going to perform no matter what. So we don't, we're not shy about sharing that across platforms, but like a counterpart of ours uh in the postseason you know shared essentially posted its instagram story video on snapchat like that to me that's not you know that's not good enough for our team you know so um we try to uh so an example of of things where we would post same things across uh across platforms and an example of you know an instance where we try to to not do the same thing across platforms because there's you know we can we can do better one of the things um, that fascinates me about baseball and social, and this I might be leading the witness here with my last question before I, I hand it over to uh, to Jay, is <laughs> I believe that baseball is the perfect sport for social media. The pacing, the ability to follow plays, the, as you as you articulated, Joel, the storytelling. I think. It, it, it's it's the best sport for, for, for social media. My question for you is, A, do you agree? I'm, I'm going to guess yes. But more importantly, which <laughs> social platform is really the best one for baseball? Is it Snapchat, like you said? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram with the jerseys and all that? I'm just curious if, if you say, now that's really, really the best channel. Maybe not the best channel in, in terms of your performance, but what's the best channel for telling the story of a baseball game? So I think any sport really, and, and, and I'm sensitive to when I go to talk to different groups, I spoke to, a, uh, as we spoke at CM World, which is how, you know, we got to know you guys a little bit, but, um, you know, you go and talk to people who aren't in sports and it's a little, it's, it's hard because, you know, we talk about how, what, what our goals are and how we execute. And, and frankly, you know, let's be honest, not all companies have this content that we have. So to me, any sport, if, if their social staff is doing it right, um, is great, is great for, uh, is great for social for, for us. Um, again, I know this is probably taking the easy way out, but we see all four of the big four platforms as huge opportunities for us because they're different, you know, they're different, um, audiences, you know, Twitter to us is, is, um, a customer service platform. It's an engagement platform. It's a fun platform. Facebook to us is, is, a, is, um, a connection platform. And this is simplifying it because we do different things on each platform, do a ton of, a, a lot of different things on every platform, but Facebook for us is a connection platform. So it's an older demographic. So how do we connect that group, which, has kids and and has probably more disposable income, right? Because they're older. Um, how do we connect them with our players, with our organization, um, and that sort of thing? Snapchat is a huge a huge point of emphasis for us um, because we want to we want to gather them. You know, we want to get fans um, connected with us early. So what we do on Snapchat 
if you if you haven't seen us, what we do is um, we open up our messages and we encourage our fans to um, use our geo filters and snap them snap them back to us, and we'll we'll put them on our story. Right, it goes back to earlier when a fan of ours tweeted at us that oh my god, the Indians um, liked our liked my Instagram post. Well. You know, we put we put fans on our Snapchat story that goes out to uh, you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and that's cool, right? Um, if I'm a if I'm a 17 year old kid um, going to college in Cleveland next year, and I see myself on the Indian Snapchat story, I'm going to tell my friends, you know what? The Indians added me to the Snapchat story. That's pretty darn cool. Instagram is another platform that we we feel is a huge growth opportunity for us. So um, uh, it's an, it's a cop out to not answer your question, Adam, but we see all four of the big four as huge opportunities for us, and we treat them that way. I think it's great. I think you answered the question by saying we don't have a preference, which is really uh, interesting and I think a fantastic approach. We're going to ask Joel from the Cleveland Indians a couple more questions here before we wrap it up. First, I want to acknowledge our sponsors who we would put into our Snapchat story if they uh, if they snapped us. Adam, you're in charge of this because one of our sponsors is Salesforce Marketing Cloud, uh, who have an ebook called More Than Marketing, exploring the five roles of the new marketer. It breaks down the five new essential marketing skills that we all must have in order to stay employed in this business. There's interviews in there, there's stories, there's interactive features as well. It's pretty fantastic, as well as immediately actionable steps to mastering these five new talents. You can grab it right now for free, ladies and gentlemen. Go to C and c.ly slash new marketer that's c.ly slash new marketer all lower case also a reminder that our new sister podcast the experience this show is up and running unbelievable show hosted by dan gingis and joey coleman all about the positive side of customer service and customer experience companies that are really treating their customers the right way and inspirational tales tips and tricks that you can incorporate into your own business so if you're not in charge of cx or cs in your organization make sure whoever's in charge of that in your company is listening to the experience of this show because not only will they learn a lot but they'll put a smile on their face Either look it up on iTunes or Stitcher or uh, wherever you get your podcasts or go to experiencethisshow.com. Speaking of .coms, just a quick reminder that you can get show notes, links, updates, resources from every single episode of Social Pros as we near our 300th episode, Adam Brown. All of those shows are at socialpros.com, featured on the brand new Convince and Convert website, all kinds of cool layout, much easier to use on a mobile. Go to socialpros.com for all the archives. Adam, back to you. Joel Hammond, Assistant Director of Communications for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, So great. So great to have you on the show. I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners right now that are thinking, how the hell do I get a job like (laughs) Mr. Joel Hammond? So I want to ask you, how did you get to this position? Uh, and any suggestions or tips for, uh, for, for people who'd want to be just like you and, uh, and, and, and have such a exciting dynamic job, not, notwithstanding the hours that you, uh, talked about a little bit earlier. Right. Um, so I, I took a kind of a circuitous route. I, um, you know, I, I worked in newspapers, so I went to college. I went to the Harvard of the Midwest, Bowling Green State University, and um, that's what they call it. That's what they call it. Um, uh, oh, I so, know, I know. Yeah, I went to BGSU, proud alum, and uh, I majored in print journalism. So I worked in newspapers there. I worked in newspapers for about nine years after college in the in uh, the upstate of South Carolina, uh, which is a beautiful area if you haven't been, and also here in Cleveland. So, um, but in 2012, uh, my current boss, um, who I would spike, who I would speak to about stories about the Indians when I was working uh, in newspapers here, Uh, you know, they were looking for somebody and I pitched myself as, 
you know, my skills as a journalist can translate to your job because I, you know, I have communication skills, both written, verbally, you know, whatever. And also because I can, you know, um, you know, I pitch myself as basically when I was a journalist, I had to develop sources and maintain those relationships. Well, on the other side, on the flip side, I would need to, you know, you guys have to create and maintain relationships with reporters and and journalists. And so I started here in 2013 and uh, here I am almost at the end of of year five. So it's gone quick. And and I will say, guys, um, you know, I joined the same year as Terry Francona. And and if you haven't, if you don't know this, we actually have not had a losing season since Terry and I joined the club. So, um, uh, you know, it's pretty clear what what the difference has been uh, with the Indians. Equally um, valuable roles. Well, obviously, obviously, as far as as far as getting started, um, we're actually undergoing our intern uh, interviews right now, and our internships are generally um, postgraduate. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak to our internships first, and then, uh, you know, as far as as, as other things go. But uh, you know, I encourage college students when I go speak to them that I'd like I I need to see real world experience uh, in the social space. So I get resumes that just say, um, you know, I my my social experience is I have a Twitter account. Well, for us, that's not good enough because you uh, you have a ton of responsibilities. So you know, our our applicants show show you know they have experience in social, whether it's volunteering at a company or, or working. You know, for a company in their college town or whatever. Um, as far as professional hiring, you know, we look for again people who can make an impact. I mean, we, you know, we have a, uh, uh, you know, we have a pretty lean staff, and so we're looking for people to come in and make an impact immediately, and uh, you know, who can, who know our voice, who know what we're trying to do, who you know, love baseball, love the commitment, and that sort of thing. So um, it takes a it takes a special breed to work uh, in, in sports, and and also to work with us. Again, we we have a, a an established voice on social, and uh, we do great stuff, and we do uh, you know we're, we we work hard, and um, that's uh, that's essentially what we're what we're kind of looking for, and how I how I landed here. Hopefully, that answers your question. No, most definitely, and and I think to that point, and kind of those those skill sets and attributes that you're looking for in your interns, but you, know, you talked about you know, wanting to make sure all of your content has an impact, it has the right voice, that it, it, it speaks you know, of, of those attributes of, of, of the Cleveland Indians and, and really the on-call nature of everything. I'm curious for both when you're actually creating the content and your team is creating content, how much of your social content is, is kind of prepared where you've, you've got an editorial calendar, you kind of know here's what we're going to create other major announcements, you know, team shuffles, uh, people being called up, sent down versus kind of truly extemporaneous or on the fly. You're actually sitting there writing the post. There's no approvals, uh, whether it's you doing it or one of your team members, you just expect them to, uh, to, to do it the right way. What's the breakdown and, and kind of what protocols do you have, if any? So, um, in the off season, like we discussed, it allows for a little more, um, you know, Ca- uh, uh, making a calendar and planning things out. We know when the off-season awards are going to be announced. We know when um, our tr- our 12 days of tribe contest starts. Um, we know when our six packs go on sale. We know when tribe fest tickets go on sale, and we know when our tribe town MVPs program begins again for renewal. So the off-season allows for a little bit more than that, a little bit more of of scheduling and and and. Um, and making sure that we've got a good grasp on what we have coming next. As far as in season goes, um, we certainly have content prepared. So for instance, we, we, uh, 
you know, we have a vast gift library that we have in store and, and we have those ready to go when our players do great stuff. But in season, it's, it's a little bit more on the fly and, and, you know, it's a little bit dependent upon what's going on in the sport, what's going on um, uh, with our team. Uh, you know, we can also be nimble. Last year we had, I think I mentioned to you guys, we had our first fan voted all-star starter since 2001. And what that entailed was, um, you know, our players trusting me enough to know that when I asked Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez to put on oversized suit jackets for a remake of CSI Miami, um, they they knew that what I was going to do was was going to be awesome, and and it was. <laughs> and, and Jose ended up our yeah. I, I and I'll tell you, I I asked Francisco Francisco Lindor wanted to be at the All Star game. He wanted to be an All Star starter. He did not end up being an All Star starter because Carlos Correa and the Astros got hot and Frankie slumped a little bit. But I said you want to be at the all-star game. Do you trust me? And he said, yes. And so I, I told him tomorrow, I need 15 minutes of your time. And I told him to watch this CSI Miami clip. And if you know CSI Miami, David, uh, what's that guy's name? David Caruso um, plays this horrible detective with these cheesy punchlines. And we put, we set, we set up a fake crime scene in our dugout. And we had Jose Ramirez, who doesn't speak any English or very limited English, and Francisco Lindor be detectives on a crime scene. And, uh, um, you know, Frankie delivered this great cheesy line about uh, the jury is in, but or the vote is in, but the jury's still out and it killed. And it was awesome. So a lot, a lot of that was, was spur of the moment. Jose and Frankie were our closest guys to all-star starter spots. This was very important to our organization to show that our fans could put our guys into, into those spots. And so look, this was a relationship that I've had since Frankie came up. Do you trust us? Give me 15 minutes. We shot it. It was out a day later and it, it, it just killed. So a um, little inside baseball and how stuff like that comes up and how things can pop up sort of, uh, you know, on the fly. I don't understand with your schedule how you've ever seen an episode of CSI Miami, but I appreciate the reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I honestly, I did not watch the show, but I knew of there you go. Uh, a kind of a cult, a cult following. Cultural, that, that, cultural touchstone. Yeah, I get it. Yes. That's you great. got it. Yep. It's, good. it's a meme. Uh, we will, uh, we'll try and locate that or have you send it to us. We'll put it in the show notes so people can, uh, can get a, a glimpse of that piece of content. That'd be awesome. Sure. I'm so going to ask you. Thanks. We're going to ask you the two questions we've asked uh, all guests on this show, now almost 300 episodes. First question is, what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? And of course, you get this opportunity all the time because you've got interns every year, so you get a chance to give them the tip. Uh, but what would you say to to our tens of thousands of listeners to the show? Uh I would say that my tip follows our stated goals. We have we have a formal document that outlines our goals, and it's to um, develop advocates for uh, your company, your brand, your team. And we have a list of six or seven things through which we go um, to develop advocates. But if I'm a small business with uh, you know uh, fifty thousand dollars in revenue, or if I'm the Cleveland Indians, I need to develop advocates for for my brand, for my team, for uh, my company. And and how you do that is you set goals and you you develop a voice and you stick to that stuff and, and you listen to your your customers and um, so that's uh, that's our that's our our 30,000 foot goal and uh, that's something that we adhere to whether it's December 25th in the morning on Christmas when we're doing our 12th day of our 12 days 12 days of tribe contest or whether it's you know July 1st and our all-star game voting results are out well I love the idea of it's about creating advocates not necessarily selling something which i think is very well said yep last question for you joel hammond and thanks so much for being on the show it was fantastic if you could do a skype call with any living person who would it be 
<laughs> Bud Selig. No, maybe not Bud Selig. A Skype call. Wow. Wow. This is a great question. A Skype call with any living living person. living person. Now that that uh, okay. Um, hmm. Uh, well, what a great question that is. Uh, if I say the president, would that be? Would, am I going to get in trouble? Uh, I'll I'll leave the I'll no. leave the president off. Um, it would probably be LeBron James. Um, to I mean, LeBron James is a great basketball player. LeBron James is an, is also a great businessman and great in social media. And um, yeah. what does LeBron James have? LeBron James has advocates for LeBron James. Um, LeBron James's brand, right? So uh, fans who buy his stuff, who uh, buy his pizza, buy his whatever, buy his uh, his shoes, his, his Beats by Dre, and um, you know, I think LeBron James could give me tips on how how do how do I develop um, more fans more. More, more advocates for the Cleveland Indians. Um, of course, I'm not a, a world-class basketball player, and none of us are. But uh, we have a brand that certainly people recognize. So, how do I? How did he get to where he was business-wise, and how do we? What what lessons can we take from that? So, I think that's fantastic. And being right there in Cleveland, you could probably well, hook you know, that up, right? You know, a guy well, who knows a guy. I know. I know my wife. Who actually, it's funny. Uh, there's there's a few stories like this. Uh, so the Cavs play right next to us, right next door to us. My wife yep. works for the Cavs. Uh, my my counterpart of the Cavs, his wife works for the Indians, um, and the, one of the uh, no another way. Cavs social girl, her husband works uh, for the Indians. So kind of a funny uh, funny uh, aside to the story. You need a triple a triple date. Uh, it's like an insufferable yes, triple indeed. date. Everybody's talking about uh, talking yes. about different sports. And hey, you're right. None of us are professional basketball players, but but I was the ninth man on the Lake Havasu High School Junior Varsity. So let's not totally sell my skills short. Here. Funny story, guys. Last thing. <laughs> I think I told, well, this wasn't my fact I sent you. I actually tried out for the Cavs D league team here a couple years ago when I was working in it as a journalist. And so did you really? I, I tried out, I didn't, I'm an okay basketball player and I did. Okay. They, uh, the, the one-on-one stuff was tough. The team focused team oriented stuff was easier for me. So yeah, it gives you an appreciation for how good uh, players are, even if they're not at the highest level. Golf's the same way. As I said, one of our team members uh, used to run all the social strategy for the PGA Tour, and I'm a big golf fan. I've gone to lots of tournaments. And you know, even when you get into the quote-unquote minor leagues of professional golf, it's crazy uh, how, how good oh, people absolutely. are. It is a very, very, very challenging way to make a living. Absolutely. Harder than podcast host, I would say. Or executive strategist. <laughs> Or executive strategist of Salesforce Marketing Cloud, in Adam's case. Sure. Joel, thanks sure. so much. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic season, uh, a record that may never be broken, at least not for a long, long time. And uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Congrats on all the great work and your number one ranking in, uh, in interaction rate. Go Tribe. And uh, we'll see you next time. Guys, thanks a lot. You bet. On behalf of Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, I am Jay Bear, founder of Convince and Convert. This has been your favorite podcast. It is Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and for our greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext. And is produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, visit us at convinceandconvert.com.